time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Merry Christmas. It's December 20th, and we're on Christmas week. We're so glad that you're here listening to us and allowing us to share with you all that's going on in the industry. That's our passion. We love doing this. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, although we certainly are getting a lot more than just mortgage professionals listening. But we're so grateful to have you as our listener. No matter what part of the industry you work in, we are excited to have you here, and our audience is growing. We've blown up yet another server. You've been to the Lickin' on Lending website. You'll notice we've been struggling with some things lately. It's been down for, it was down there for almost a week. And it's because of just the amount of growth and finding the right server and the right technology matchup. So anyway, apologize for those of you who are looking for that, but that's some of the things going on. Again, well, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format. I might add in 2020 in do so in excellence that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. So, so thrilled to have the whole team on today. And we've got a lot to talk about. We have Ben Turley who is here, who's CEO, founder, uh, Mobility MMI and Mobility RE. We're going to hear him talk about some of the latest trends that he is seeing with data and how LOs and originators are using his technology to more effectively connect with the purchase side of the business. And man, man we're going to be all ears to that during the hot topic. So looking forward to having Ben on in just a little bit. Pleased to have him as a sponsor. More pleased to have him as a friend. I'm very excited to have him here joining us on the hot topic. Hey, if you haven't listened to the Industry Syndicate, I encourage you to go out and do so. Industrysyndicate.com. Got a list of a whole bunch of podcasts related to the mortgage industry and real estate industry. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We're so blessed and honored to have our relationship with them. You're going to hear an update here from Rob Van Rapphorst in just a minute, as well as Finaster, one of the longstanding advertisers we've had for many, many years. Love the partnership with them. Check out their mortgage bot solution. Receive, manage, store, retrieve, deliver loan files and electronic documents completely in the paperless environment. Go back and listen to Karen Jenkins, the podcast we did on October 4th. Karen has got a great roadmap of where they're going with their technology. And when you have the number one fintech company in the world, and publishing on a podcast where they're going, that's valuable information. Take a look, listen to it. I think it'll help you a lot. I love how transparent she was. Really love the company. All right. Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative, we're proud to be partnered with and have them both as sponsors. Two great co-ops. We belong to both of them. I encourage you to check out membership with all of them, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America. Also, Incelerate, where the leading edge technology of mortgage expertise is combined with pre-designed campaigns come together to enhance the borrower engagement. Then our friends at Knowledge Coop, Ken Perry, and the team, they do a great job with their LMS or learning management system. And we've got, how about this, Mobility MMI. Thrilled to have them as a sponsor and Ben as a guest. Also, we have Modex. I think these two companies really are a complement to each other. I encourage you to check out both of these companies. More and more of our clients are signing up with both of them because they see how the data complements each other. I encourage you to check out. Also, SnapDocs. I tell you, love what SnapDocs is doing. They're taking over the world. When it comes to everything e-mortgage technology, you've got to check out SnapDocs e-mortgage 
quick start program and all of the technology they're building. And then recently we added the success kit. Now what success kit does is helping tell your story. Let another man's mouth speak your story, not that of your own. So what success kit is about helping you successfully get your customers to give good testimony of references for you. Also, finally, the lender tool kit, LPK. Love my friend Brent Ambler there. We interviewed him on November 29th. Check out that interview. Also, finally, a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack Nunnery, our newest addition to the podcast. So good to have you here. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, President Biden announced his intention to nominate Sondra Thompson to be the next director of the FHFA. MBA quickly released a statement applauding the White House and calling for a quick confirmation process. Since assuming the position of acting director last June, Thompson has addressed several top-line issues pertinent to our industry, including reversing the adverse market refinance fee, calling for the continuation of pandemic-related flexibilities, and overseeing the GSE's mission of creating equitable and sustainable solutions for affordable housing and rental opportunities. And before I go, I want to remind everyone to register for MBA's Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference, happening January 24th through the 27th in Nashville, Tennessee. You can find out more information at mba.org slash conferences. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Be sure to register for, for the conference. I'll be there. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our friends there. Also, I want to say sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Definitely do that. Have your voice heard on the Hill. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets as well as a music parody. What do you have for us this week, Mr. Parker? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Inflation got to let us know. Will it stay or will it go? If bonds say inflation's fine, the rates stay till the end of time. Around the world, central banks move with the Fed towards less quantitative easing and outright rate hikes. Tax, borrow, and spend yells at the peaking growth as inflation momentum turns down. The bond bulls like it a lot, but not mortgages. So with the 10-year yield near the middle of its 2021 range, which yield will we see first? 161 or 121? Listening to the screams of inflation and growth. Should bonds cool it? Should they blow? These views are my own. Understand the screams at tmspotlight.com. Oh, I love that. Good job, Gary Cantrabone and Les Parker teaming up again for that. But where was the Christmas music last? My gosh, we expect some Christmas music on this fine holiday, but that was really good. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Les. Sign up for TM Spotlight and subscribe for the paid version for free by putting the word power in there. So, Mad Graham, what's your commentary 
on a noxious sound segment there with uh, Lassen, but more importantly, his thoughts on the markets. I'm going to give Les a pass today on the no Christmas music because he was obviously feeling it that time. Yeah. I think he really brought his A game. He did. And I, for one, will probably play that on repeat later tonight over dinner and, and maybe dancing with the wife. Who knows? But the, the underlying content is right on, and it overlaps a lot with what I'm about to talk about. And definitely central banks were in focus last week. And it was really actually impressive to see how well bonds ultimately did. Mm-hmm. And there are a few reasons for that we'll discuss. First off, PPI search, producer price index. It's not the hugest market mover in terms of inflation reports, but with these highest inflation readings in roughly 30 years, depending on which one you're looking at. Weaker retail sales, not much of a market mover. Strong housing starts and builder confidence. That's great for the industry. Also not much of a market mover. Markets were keyed in on the Fed on Wednesday afternoon and then the European Central Bank and Bank of England. I think Norway hiked rates as well, but nobody really cares. So the big focus was on the Fed Wednesday afternoon. So we talked last week about the high likelihood that the Fed was going to accelerate tapering. Indeed, they did. But there was a small chance that they may have accelerated at only a 50% pace, but it was likely they were going to double it, and that's what they did. With that revelation finally being on the table, it was worth a little bit of weakness for the bond market. I think the bond market was more properly reacting to the dot plot, and that just refers to uh, the visual format with which the Fed conveys the rate hike forecast or the rate outlook. So every Fed member gets a vote. They say where they think rates are going to be at the end of 2023, four, and then longer term, and 2022 for that matter as well. And it was a very obvious shift from indecision around a zero to being a quarter point hike in 2022 to the median Fed member now seeing three hikes in 2022. And that's a big shift. And it definitely affected the bond market. but not in completely logical ways on the shape of the yield curve, and also not for very long. Bonds actually managed to rally the next day, even after the Bank of England came out with a surprise rate hike. It wasn't a surprise to everybody, but I think the consensus was that they were probably going to hold off, and they ended Mm -hmm. up not holding off. Then the European Central Bank, it wasn't as unequivocally hawkish as the Fed or the BOE, but it wasn't dovish either. So really no huge bond-friendly anecdotes from any of the central bank announcements. But what we did have was a week's worth of news cycle regarding COVID concerns, Omicron concerns, Omicron uncertainty, the Fed saying this is still the biggest uncertainty that we're facing. And that pushed back and rates ended up going out at the end of the week at the lowest levels other than one other day in the past three months. So impressive, impressive to be at 1.4, 1.3 plus, given the state of inflation, given the state of central bank tightening. And that is a, a pure reflection of COVID concern and the resulting fallout on the economy, whatever it may be. It could be a little bit of a motivator last week and something to keep an eye out for this week. It's just the weird nature of holiday week trading, especially in mid-December. People start to tune out. There can be big positional shifts that have very little to do with things that are actually going on in the market on a day-to-day basis. And we did see some evidence of asset allocation trading with money moving either out of the market altogether or shifting between stocks and bonds. This week, 
important to keep in mind, it is a little bit atypical for a holiday shortened week because the holiday itself is on Saturday, but we're going to get a full day off on Friday and uh, then a half day on Thursday. That means that it's essentially a three-day week. And because it's a three-day week in December, it means that it's sort of a no-day week from a trading standpoint. Yes, bonds will trade, but not with the same sort of conviction or liquidity or volume that they otherwise would. That greases the skids for a little bit more random volatility. All of the data is condensed on Wednesday morning. None of it is extreme in terms of market movement potential. So realistically, we're looking at the first part of January before we get a clean read on the collective conscious of bond traders. And even then, even when we get back into the office, it's still going to have everything to do with COVID and its economic yeah. impacts. And everybody's yeah. just waiting for that to clear up. Jack Nunnery, come yeah, on no in kidding. with some Tom Monterey. Yeah. I think Matt's spot on. There's three drivers out there right now. COVID and Omicron concerns, they're weighing on the equity market today. Inflation, we did hit the highest point. I think it was, what, 7.7% yeah. Matt, something like that, right? Then the messaging by the Fed that we should expect or could expect three rate hikes in 2022. That helps me optically get behind a 4% interest rate some point mm -hmm. in, in 2022. So strong housing starts, but now we're going to have issues around affordability weigh in. The inventory, I mean, we need strong housing starts. I mean, inventory is down approximately 21% length year out there in the marketplace. So just a kind of a mad scramble here at the end of the year, David. Yep, it's going to be kind of interesting. I'd like to put in one quick plug for the Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference. That's yeah. coming up, guys, if you conference. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you, Nashville is a, just an incredible venue for a conference. So yeah. a lot of good collaboration takes place at the IMB trade show, and I think they've got it in an excellent venue. I've been to that show in Nashville. It's worth making a trip. Great job. Let's get over to Alice Alvey, who is a CMB Vice President of Education Training at Union Home Mortgage, and she's got this week's legislative update. Alice? Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. Well, I have to agree with the comments about Les's segment. He did sound like he was actually trying to carry a note in there with that song, so <laughs> I bet you know what that was. Uh, that was great. So for my updates, this Congress really isn't doing a whole heck of a lot right now, thank goodness, because we like when they leave us alone. I yes. just want to give everybody an update. I thought between this week and next week, I'll bring forward some of the deadlines that are coming up at the beginning of January. It's a real common time of year to go, oh, my gosh, am I ready for this new regulation or Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac policy? And one of the big ones this year is the condo changes. So in light of the catastrophe that happened with the Florida condo project, Fannie's lender letter 2114 that they published back in October. Everybody's got to remember that effective was delivered, right? So stuff that you're closing now has to be in compliance with their new condo requirements. And so hopefully when you got the lender letter, you jumped on it, you analyzed your pipeline, and you really took a good close look at those Fannie versus Freddie loans and are setting yourself up for if you don't have all the new information that they want on these condo projects for anything that's deferred maintenance mm -hmm. at all, there's a lot of certifications that folks have to make sure that they have in here. And as you read the memo, I can see there's going to be some lenders who go, well, I'm just going to take what the appraiser says. Fannie's going to tell you that's not the best practice. And 
Uh, having seen companies go through more audits, you can watch how comp the agencies, when they do come out and audit, do expect that you've really done some due diligence. So I encourage lenders out there to make sure that you're really aware of all the details that have to be pulled into the loan files, effective for all your Fannie loans that are being delivered, actually closed now, essentially, and probably closed over the last couple of weeks if you're going to be delivering them after January 1st. If you've got loans that you can mark to Freddie Mac, You'll have a little bit of an easier time because they're not implementing the condo changes until February 28th. But if you've got a PIW under Fannie, that's not going to work for Freddie. You've got to rerun those loans under LP, and obviously we know sometimes things can change. So hopefully lenders have got that organized well and are ready to handle the new condo changes. The other thing I wanted to send uh, is let everybody know that, Dave, I'm sending a link that will be available on your website. That's a nifty little chart that the CFPB has made to determine if a transaction has to go on your Humda report. This ah. is sometimes one of the toughest things to That's identify. And they redid their typical chart, and it's now more interactive, easier to identify if you end up in the no, I don't have to report that loan bucket, especially for our listeners who are from the community bank sector or small lender, and you may not know if you hit that threshold or you're doing a lot of correspondence, maybe not making a lot of your own underwriting decisions. This little interactive tool is pretty helpful, so that'll be available on your website. There's a lot of great information there, Alice, as always. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, and Merry, Merry Christmas to you. All right, let's get over to Alan Pollock. He is here, and uh, glad to have you here, Alan. And uh, we've got the tech update. But first, I want to talk. Our Look at our Lending website was under siege and went down, and Amazon was down. There's a number of websites that have been going down. Alan, could you give us like a little insight to what the heck is going on? with all the technology issues lately? Well, they're unrelated. The Amazon outage was something quite large, and it's something that affected so much of the industry, but it only affected one part of the country. So you actually had the ability, so they're East Coast systems. If you have redundancy built into Amazon, you want to check with your vendors to make sure they do, uh, you would have been okay. Redundancy just means that you have systems and services running in a different location than the East Coast systems. Speaking in Amazon terms, because their systems are East Coast and West Coast, if your vendors or you use your own data centers for your own things, you want to have multiple data centers. But ultimately, there's so many things involved in these types of outages, David. They, they weren't based on a hacker. They're based on the increasing usage of technology and the types of technology. AWS is one example continues as a land grab, just like Amazon, right? They started with books, and now you can yep. get new car seats for your automobile, right? Amazon, AWS now has every type of technology that you can think of that is cloud-based. They continue to add more. They continue to acquire companies. So it adds to a lot of complexity, and at times those kind of things can have outages. But you do the best to support your system so they don't, they're not affected. There is, by the way, a lot of hacking and hackers and things like that going on. There's even websites that you can go to where you can type in your email address and it'll tell you if you, your email has ever been part of a security breach. And there's, if not a billion different security breaches in there that it scans instantly for your information. We could talk about that next week. But this week, David, two things. One, I wanted to make sure that we touched on, because I, I left it really quick at the end of the segment, the Moscow method. So this is the year for the health check, right? You're having a sway or a shift in the types of business or volume that you have. You staffed up. You have a lot of people. You may have taken on extra technology endeavors, or you put them on pause, and you're about to restart them. 
you want to look at the Moscow method. It is four identifiers that you can add to your spreadsheet of items mm-hmm. or your whiteboard or your stickies. It is a must-have, meaning you must have this. You need to work on it. You need to set a date. You need to put some sponsorship behind it and move it forward. You should have it, meaning you should have it. It's okay if you may not get to it right away. You're definitely going to do it. You may not know when. Could have. These are things that need more detail, right? You're not sure if you're going to do them. You're not sure the cost. You're not sure the impact. They need more research. You can do it. That's why they're called we could do it. So, so far, we have must have, should have, could have. And the last one, David, is won't have. We're not going to do this. It's not going to impact our business. It's going to take more resource than we have, or it's going to cost more money, or it's just something we're not focused on this year. We have too many must-haves. So those are the four ways to slice up your spreadsheet of work, and you want to check that out. Real simple, Moscow method. Then, David, in the news, I was taking a look at some of the other cool stuff going on. This was a pretty interesting article. It was five tech trends for 2022 from Bankrate, all right? And they said this year is ending and starting a fresh year into cash buyers, iBuyers, which are instant buyers, for those of you that aren't Mm -hmm. sure of that term. Appraisals are going virtual. We're trying to get to a faster yes for consumers. And then they're saying not yet for blockchain. That was their number five. And get this, what they're saying is that the industry is focused on more mundane tasks, shaving off a few days from the mortgage closing timeline. Now, haven't we been talking about this for years? I did a little more research, and Fannie always has these great charts and information. Anyways, I found McKinsey and company, and they've got fantastic analytics and data. And and when they put something out there, they really put their their brain power behind it. So they just put this out. And I thought this was interesting. It's a full article. You could just Google McKinsey mortgage operating times or mortgage closing times. But they're still stating that it's about $9,000 on average, the cost of a loan, which doesn't really seem far off. We haven't really shaved much to that, right? If anything, we've added because of all the tech solutions and everything we're looking to do. It's still... 45 days or greater on average to close a loan due to low processor and underwriter productivity levels. So technology has not yet made enough of an impact. It still takes 10 to 14 mortgages per employee per month is all an underwriter can do. All right. And then they're saying every file has five touches per person. Uh. So when we think about that Moscow method and our technology spend, Maybe we're trying to pay for something that doesn't exist, right, as a lender. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're trying to put a bunch of technology together. We're putting the cart before the horse, and we need to get our process in place first and understand the team together what we need prior to spending money and adding technology because that's increasing the cost per loan, and it could be causing more touches because where you thought you were efficient, you no longer Mm -hmm. are efficient. Yep. And then, of course, David, they're saying the very last thing is 30 to 40% consumer satisfaction score differentiator between best-in-class mortgage industries. So basically, they spoke to people across different segments of using different kinds of lenders, bank, non-bank, et cetera, and they found that there's a large sway between customer satisfaction. So that what it means is we're all trying to rush and have the best solution. We're trying to keep up with the technology-enabled market. We're trying to hold on to referral business. We're doing all these great things and be profitable, and we're definitely not there yet with expectation of the consumer, what they think they want and what we're giving them. So pretty interesting. David, there's so much to talk about. Next week, 
I want to do a year in review. We'll talk some cool stuff there. I want to just mention the pursuit of happiness, right? And are we using our data analytics to get to the pursuit of happiness? And then the final, the last thing is what to do in the event of a data breach. So as we close off the year next week, we'll talk about those topics. Data breaches are a big deal. If your technology provider reaches out to you and says there has been a data breach, what do you do? Yep, and I think that's such an important topic, especially when you look at what was rolled out by the FTC and talking about technology and the regulations because the Federal Trade Commission published on December 9th the Safeguarding Customer Information, Standards for Safeguarding. They finally published it. And mortgage bankers are included in this. And we really need to focus on this because, folks, there's going to be some teeth in this one if we do not pay attention to it. So I encourage you to do so. Anyway, good job, yeah. Alan. Look forward to get more insights into all of this. Merry and, Christmas uh, to David, you, your family, the rest of our co-hosts here and uh, our listeners. Yeah. It's a, a Merry Christmas to you, Alan, to our whole team. I really appreciate you all and your rich contribution to this podcast. Our listenership is just exploding, continues to grow just crazy. So anyway, all right, that ends this week's weekly mortgage update. We're excited to have joining us next week, Joe Rowes, who's Red Sapiens. I'm really excited. I met this guy and this guy has so much energy and I'm really looking forward to having him on talking about it's coaching. It's so much about business development. Joe is just one of those magnetic personalities and you're going to enjoy the interview. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors as we exit out here. Finastra, CMLA, Lenders One, Accelerate Mobility, MMI, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDoc Success Kit, and LTK Lender Toolkit. Thank you all for listening. Share this podcast with others. Wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.